Welcome to the Ghost Hunting Society and other phenomena, Season 1, Episode 11. Uh, this week we're going to be speaking to Pam from Colwyn Bay. Uh, Pam's a fascinating story. Uh, as a young child, age six, she had her first experience with ghosts. Uh, these things moved on, different sorts of phantoms and, and entities, spirits that she saw all the way through her life. Um, she's also experienced these weird, strange events all around the world in different areas, and she'll take us on that journey. Also, she's experienced premonitions, uh, which is fascinating as well. Very fascinating character. So, uh, a few guys, by the way, before we go into the show, if anybody would like to contact the show and come on and speak to us or to send us an email and ask a question, all you've got to do is email us at ghosthuntingsociety at hotmail.com. That's ghosthuntingsociety at hotmail.com. So, without further ado, I'd like to welcome Pam from Colween Bay. How are you doing, Pam? I'm fine, thanks. How are you? Very good, thank you. How's the weather in Colween Bay? Uh, sunny at the moment. Sunny at the moment. Um, I think it's a lovely part of the world. Um, obviously, I come from Stoke, and so, you know, Stoke's not exactly the most glorious place, but Colwyn Bay kind of has, it, it sounds lovely anyway. Um, but you're not here to talk about Colwyn Bay. You're here to talk about experiences that you had and have had um, to do with the paranormal in your life. Um, I believe, Pam, and I'd like you to do this in your own words, this started quite young. You were, I think, six, was it, when you had your first experience? Yeah, that's true. I was sharing a bedroom with my sister, separate beds, and she decided, we decided that we'd swap beds that night. So I was sleeping in her bed. And in the middle of the night, now, it was in an old terrace house in Manchester, and it was built before World War Two, And it, so it was very dark. There was no night lights, there was no street lights. And uh, I woke up in the night and I looked towards my bed where my sister was sleeping. And I saw this spirit, these different coloured lights, dancing over my sister. And I was scared. Never seen anything like it before. So I buried my head under the pillow and... Uh, I was, yeah, I was scared. As a six-year-old, you are. Anyway, I, I managed to peek out from under the pillow, and it had gone. Now the room, as I say, is pitch black. I now get out of bed, and I'm walking backwards towards the bedroom door, saying, I'm going to see my mum. I'm going to see my mum. And I ran along the landing. Again, it was pitch black. And I went and got in bed with my mum. Well, I woke her up and I said, Mum, I've seen a ghost. I said to her. And she said, come on. Now, she never said, don't be silly. In all the years I have spoken to her, she has never said, don't be silly. So it makes me wonder whether she had had experience about spirits and ghosts. And uh, and then from then on... um, Things were started happening. I was playing hide-and-seek with my sister in this same house in Newton Heath in Manchester. The house has now been knocked down. And um, so my mother's... It was a hairdresser shop. So my mother was in the shop. The room, the living room, there was a curtain at the bottom of the stairs. There wasn't a door. And that those stairs led into the living room. 
So I was playing hide and seek with my sister. And I went upstairs and I sat at the top of the stairs in total darkness. All the bedroom doors were shut. As I'm sat on the top step, I see these two ghosts walking along the landing towards me. The next thing I felt was a push and I'm down at the bottom of the stairs. I was about eight years old. And, you know, I was hurt, so my sister went and got my mum from the shop and I was crying. I don't know what happened after that. Um, obviously, my mum was making sure I'm all right. And then another time, um, I was sitting in front of the fire in that living room and my mother came into the room and I had my, I was fa- my back was facing my mother and she said to me and my sister, I've got something to tell you. And straight away I came out with, Grandad's dead. And she said, yes. Now that was my first premonition. So, as I say, growing up, I was seeing things. And I started as a cadet nurse in Manchester at the age of 15. And we were on day release to college, Moston College. And there was a group of us. And one day in the break, we decided to do a Ouija board. Now, I didn't know these other students. They were from all the, all the hospitals and we all went to Muslim College. And so we did this Ouija board. I didn't have a clue. Anyway, this glass was moving. And it, it made out that it wanted to send me a message. Now, take, bear in mind, they don't know me and I don't know them, these, these other people. And it spelt out, Amy, good luck. Now, my Auntie Amy had died when I was 15. No, she was four, I was 14. She died when I was 14, and obviously I'd started my cadetness. And uh, so they didn't know that. So again, that was my another experience of the Ouija board. I have done the Ouija board a few times since then. And things of my... Deceased husband has come through on it. Um, I don't do it a lot now. Um, I've never had an evil spirit come through, um, luckily. During my nurse's training and while I was training, there was uh, incidents where I saw ghosts and spirits, heard strange noises, and one night... I was uh, walking past the uh, office on the ward. And this office had two two uh, walls that were glass, had glass windows. The other two were brick, just completely brick. As I'm going past one window, there was only one door into that office. As I'm walking past towards this door, I look into the office and I see the sister. But then when I've gone past the door around the other side where the window is, I look into the office, there's no sister there. And she was, she was, that was the only door that you could get in and out of the office. So I put the laundry bag by the lift and I went into the, where the other staff were 
I said, I've just seen Adolphus. I've just seen a sister in the office. Oh, yeah, that's the night sister. She's seen quite a lot. She comes, she's comes and she's still checking that everything's fine. So that freaked me out. Um, going back to when I was at school, uh, I went on a school holiday to Italy. And we stayed near the Colosseum in Rome. Lovely it was. Wish I could go back. Anyway, we were going up the steps to the top of the Colosseum. We're into the Colosseum. And it was as if I was there. It was as if, and I could hear a big crowd cheering as if there was a gladiator fighting going on. And, um, you know, nobody else heard it. And it was surreal, really. I really thought I was going to watch a fight. But there was nobody there because it's a ruin. There was nothing there. Only other, just other visitors milling round. So that was another experience. I'm, um, I'm wondering, Pam, because what I'd like to do, I'd like to, to go back through a couple of these experiences now and just ask a couple of questions if I can. Yeah, that's fine. The, the first experience that you had when you, you were younger with your sister, you said you woke up and there was lights that were above your sister moving around. Can you, can you describe what these lights looked like? Well, they were different colours. They were different colours and they were, I'd say, dancing over my sister. They were dancing over my sister's body. She's fast asleep. She's unaware of what's going on. And uh, so that was the first time I'd, I'd had anything to do with spirit. And how, I didn't how, know at the time, time what, what it was. How, I was scared. How, how big were these these lights as well? Were they, were they small, large, like a tennis ball? How, how big were they? Thinking back now, I'd say they were about two foot high, dancing over my sister. How, how large were the actual lights themselves? They were, they were thin. They were thin lights. Um, I'd say fatter than a laser light. And they were all different colours. And they were dancing and rippling above my sister. And that room was pitch black. And our bedroom was onto an entry. In the, called them entries in them days. Where there was no light. And the curtains were shut. There was no explanation of why that happened. Did you, did, when you I, first saw the lights, did, did they instill any kind of feeling in you? Were you scared, fascinated, confused? I was straight away scared. Straight away I was scared. Because I've never seen anything like that. Never. See, not that strange because I think if you paint the picture yourself of waking up and seeing lights dancing around, it sounds kind of fairy, kind of you know, a, a fairy tale kind of, of thought. But you had an instant feeling of fear. No, it, it, no, it wasn't. It wasn't a nice feeling when I saw them. It wasn't fascinating. And uh, you know, if it was fairies, I wouldn't have been scared, would I? No, the, yeah, there was definitely a tangible feeling that you got with it. Yeah. Away, it was fear. It was fear, and I buried my head under that pillar. 
And then, as I say, when I eventually looked from under the pillow and they'd gone, because it was a matter of seconds, really, I looked up. And uh, I said, I'm going to my mum, I'm going to my mum, and I'm backing out. And I run along the landing to my mum. Who were you saying that to, by the way? Was that to your sister or to the entities that were no, there? No, I was just saying it. Just I was just saying it telling to whatever yourself. was in that room. I'm yep. going to my mum. I'm going yep. to my mum. There was nothing else there. You couldn't see anything. And I said, I'm going to my mum. I'm going to my mum. It wasn't even thundering and lightning. There was no explanation why those lights were there. And, and who lived and in this house scared. with you? you you've got your mum, you've got your sister. Was there anybody else that lived in the house? My dad. And your dad. My dad. Did any of them, I mean, I know you've already kind of hinted that you think your mum might have experienced something but didn't mention it. Do you think anybody else might have experienced anything in the house? Well, I don't know. I honestly don't know. We, You know, we moved there. My mum was a hairdresser. And we moved there from Moston to Newton East. And uh, my mum bought the shop. We had so it's her own business. Okay. Um... My sister has admitted she's never, ever seen a ghost. She never has. She's never seen spirits. But my sons have. So this is what makes me think, did my mother or her mother see spirits? Like a lineage thing. Yeah, because my mother never said, don't be serious, no things as ghosts. And especially when the two walked along the landing and pushed me down the stairs. Well, that was my next question, because obviously you said that that you were on the landing, you saw two ghosts. How did you know that they were ghosts? What did they look like? They were were like white figures, the shape of people, the shape of a person. There was one walking behind the other. I was sat on the top step. All the doors were shut. There was two bedrooms and a bathroom. They were all shut. And I'm playing hide and seek, so it's dark. There's a thick curtain at the bottom of the stairs. There's what they had in them days. The draft. There was no door at the bottom of the stairs. It was pitch black. And I'm sat there and I look up and I see these two ghosts. These two um, figure-shaped people, spirits walking along the landing towards me at the top of the stairs. Now, this is after I first saw those um, lights, you see. And uh, the next thing, I felt a push, and I'm now in a crumpled heap at the bottom of the stairs crying. I'm a sister goes and gets my mum. Would you say that you knew the, the kind of, did you know whether it was a man, a woman, with the kids? What what kind of no, image? No, no, because on the landing, obviously, you'd got the banister, which was filled in. So I could see, say, from the waist up, as they're walking along the landing towards me at the top of the stairs. So you couldn't tell whether they were male or female. And I've noticed... I've noticed since because I've seen ghosts in this house that I live in. I cannot tell what they what they are, what what um, what sex they are. 
did they look did they glow i mean you see these in films where they, they make like ghostbusters it's this kind of like weird glowing almost transparent thing no they didn't glow it's like looking at a cloud in the dark so it's you know it's like a cloud in the dark it was like a mist but the mist was body shaped it's figure shaped so there's no um, features it was just just two shapes of people it was the head and the shoulders, and they're moving along the landing. You could see it from the waist up. As I say, I'm sat on the top step. Yeah. The banister's completely blocked, blocked off, you know, along the landing. And it was taken into consideration this was a very, very old house, an old terraced house in Manchester. And, you know, it it, it was... It was scary. You say that one of, them, was, one of them pushed you. Do you think they actually meant you any harm? I don't think they did, because I've never been hurt by any of the ghosts that I've seen. Any of the spirits. Never been hurt. The spirits in the house where I live don't hurt me. You, you're, 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 you're still experiencing these, then, aren't you? You're still seeing these spirits. Yeah, I still see them. I still see them. Yeah, I still see them. I still have premonitions. And I asked somebody once. Um, I was regressed because I had such a bit of a sick life. And I said, can you regress me, I said, um, to see if I've done something really bad in a previous life. Now, I never thought he'd be able to hypnotise. I'd never been hypnotised before. Anyway, he hypnotised me, and uh, I told him that when I went to bed in this house where I am now, that when I shut my eyes, obviously you go into sleep, you close your eyes, the room's dark, and you it's dark when you shut your eyes. But when I shut my eyes, straight away, there was this circle and it was as if I was looking up from the bottom of a well. Sorry, I've got a tickle in me throat. You're right, don't worry, don't worry. And as I'm looking up, someone may say bottom of a well, there's people looking down at me. C- could you see what they, were, what they were wearing or what era you were in? Not this time. Not this time. Because there was an incident where I, I sat and spoke to a full-bodied entity. Well, let's wait for that one, because that sounds interesting. Let's, let's build up to that one. Yeah. Anyway, so this person regressed me, and he said, well, I'll, I'll tell you how to contact these spirits when you come out. Because he's known that I and you saw them. Anyway, as I'm coming out of this regression... This Mary that I was supposed to be would not let me come out of it. Now, when you're hypnotised, it's strange because you still know what's going on around you. And I'm saying, she won't let me go. She won't let me go. And there's a tear. I could feel this tear coming out my eyes. And the next thing is, felt calm and peaceful and I saw 
this group of people holding their arms out to me. And one of them was my mother. And they're hugging me. And they're, you know, in this. And it was calm. And then all, and then I came out of this regression. Still with a tear on my face. And then after that, he said to me, well, I don't need to tell, to tell you how to get in touch with him. Because you already have. And after that, I never, I was never in the bottom of that well. I never saw those people looking down at me. Do you think you were experiencing yourself in a past life dying? Uh, no, because we talked about that before this Mary's now taking me out of this regression. Well, not actually making because he he had uh, regressed me twice on two different occasions, and each time in these regrets, I died alone. I was alone when I died, and it was after, as I'm coming out of that, that I saw these. It was you know, it was after. Well, it was before the second aggression, uh, regression that I was in this experience, this circle of light and people looking down at me. I actually got in touch with somebody in Australia through a magazine that you can buy, which is, you know, about this sort of thing. And he worked in a hospital. And he said to me, they're trying to contact you. He said, you're blocking them, you see. And um, and I think that is what I have done. They can't, I don't think they can. I'd be a bit like, uh, I don't know, Sally Morgan or something, because I'm not letting them come through at me totally. Do you know what I mean? Is this even now, then? Yeah. And I went to see a medium once, and, uh, you know, I thought, yeah, they're a load of, you know, cotswallet yeah. kind of thing. And I kept asking her questions, and, you know, she wasn't giving me any answers. And then she said at the end, I said, well, that's it now, your hour's up or whatever. And she said, you see spirits, don't you? I said, yeah. She thought you did. She said, uh, if you want, she said, I will teach you how to let them through and come through to you. Because I said, Sue, I think I'm blocking them. I think from, because I was so scared as a child at six, and I was scared, I think that's why I'm not fully letting them in. Um, anyway, <laughs> the unfortunate thing was she died. So I never got, she, I never got to go and uh, see her. For her to teach me how to let them in, as it were. But I mean, as I say, when I'm vacuuming in my house now, I can catch them stood at the door watching me. Did they, did they look uh, the same as the the people on the the landing? No, no. There was one time I was watching the telly, and it was only, as I say, I live on my own, so I was watching the telly. And I was talking to my sister. And as I say, she she knows I see ghosts, but her again doesn't 
say don't be silly. And I could see out the corner of my eye this figure dressed in khaki, khaki clothes. And every time I went to look at it, it disappeared. Four times I looked at it, and each time it disappeared. Each time I moved my head, it was gone. I said to, I said to my sister, I said, there's a dummy ghost stood here. I said, in khaki clothes, and every time I look at it, I said, I said, it disappears. I said, it's pissing me off. And then after that, it didn't come back. It didn't come back. She said, it could be granddad, because, you know, when he was in the army. In the First World War, he wore a khaki, khaki uniform. But it wasn't the same build. This was a thin person. And then, when I've been vacuuming quite often, I see a, uh, a person dressed in black, stood by my lounge door, watching me. And that, when my friend was here, and I said, so whatever you just come at the door? No, she said. I thought somebody's been still watching me, vacuum. My son has seen a ghost in his house. He'd come in, I'd, I'd gone out for the day, he'd come to check me animals, and he said uh, they were acting strange when he came in. And they were looking up, in the lounge, they were looking up towards the ceiling. And uh, anyway, he wanted to go upstairs to the bathroom. And they all followed him. All of them, all four of them followed him up the stairs. Okay. And he went in the bathroom. He didn't turn the landing light on, the stairs light on. He just went up there. The downstairs light was on. And it was, it was about nine, ten o'clock at night. Anyway, he turned the landing light. He thought, what are you looking at? Because they're all now looking in my bedroom. And the, the, the you know, cats and they're and the really kind of staring at something in my bedroom. And as he turned the light on, he saw this white figure dash behind my bedroom door. In my bedroom. Because when I, he rang me on my hands free because I was driving. And he said, uh, he said, there's something in your bedroom. I said, oh, what the cat's brought in now? No, no, he said. And he went on to tell me, this white figure, dashing. And I said, oh, I'm not alone in the house. <laughs> you know, I had a joke, joke about it. <laughs> What, did, how old? How old was your son when this happened to him? Uh, in his thirties. And how how had his belief been up until now? He just kept an open mind, or was oh, he? Oh no, he no. We he'd heard um, he'd seen spirits, um, and my dad before we had a premonition that my dad was going to die, and uh, work wouldn't let me off. I was working in this, you know. And I said, they said, why do I know that weekend off? I said, because I feel it's the last weekend I've seen my dad alive. Well, you can't have it, we're short of that. Anyway, I went to the train station and got a ticket. And I rang him up, I said, I'm going. Anyway, I was sat in the lounge with, and on the sofa, and my dad went over the sofa to get something off the window still behind me. I said, Dad, I said, if anything happens, there's only me and him in the house. Dad, I said, if anything happens to you, I said, will you come back to me? I don't believe in that sort of thing. He says, but yeah, I said, oh, you know, I will. The week later, he died. Now, when he was cremated, 
I used to have a dog that you always used to sleep on the bed. I know people sometimes are against that, but he slept on the bed. But this particular night, the night of the cremation, he wouldn't sleep on the bed. Now, he was my dad was cremated in Manchester and I'm in Wales. This dog would not sleep on the bed. I kept, he kept going downstairs. Three times I brought him back upstairs. Three times that he went down. In the end, I shot him in the breakfast room. All the kids were young. I mean, you know, and I thought, no, I shot him in the breakfast room. I'm not going up and down the stairs. In the morning, um, my, my son, one of my sons came. That's what he'd seen this ghost in my bedroom. He was about nine, I think. And he got into bed with me. All the others were asleep. And uh, the post came. So he ran downstairs to get the post. And I said, don't let, the, don't let Jamie out, I said, because he'll wake the other kids up. So he went downstairs, got the post, came back upstairs with it, and got in back in bed with me. Just at that point, we heard a voice say, Hello, Jamie. My son then shot down the stairs shouting, Dad, Dad, Dad. Because me, me, me husband went night. Dad, Dad. It was seven o'clock in the morning, the day after my dad had been cremated. I put my dressing gown on and thought, it's only seven o'clock. He doesn't usually get home till half seven. Went downstairs. Nobody there. The dog was still in the breakfast room. And he's shouting, Dad, Bob, because we both heard the voice say, Hello, Jamie. And did this sound like your father? Yeah. Yeah, it did. And then after that, because I remember when my dad was alive, I used to say to him, do you want to come and live with, do you want to come and live with us? You know, do you want to come and live with me, Dad? Nah, he's not, I've got my friends here, and my life's here. And then after that, pictures would fall off the, off the wall and on the stairs. But that wall was not against another house. It was an outside wall. And these pictures had never fallen off before. But after that, they did, without anybody touching them. And I used to say, oh, my dad's here. And that was, you know, and that's, um, so that's, you know, I saw a few ghosts in that house in Oakland. I did. And, um, and my sons did. Have any of these ghosts yeah. ever really, have they always come across as human? Have any of them really terrified you? No. If you're, if you're talking about, are they devils? Like no. something demonic, something dark. No, no, they haven't. I've only ever been surrounded by um, people, friendly spirits. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're not. They're not evil. The ones in my house are not evil. Although when I first moved here, uh, one did scare me because I moved here and I used to sleep on my stomach. And I woke up in the night because one had sat on top of me, on my back, and I couldn't move. And I woke up. Now, I'm not religious. I'm not. But I did say the Lord's Prayer. Or start saying it. Yeah. Anyway, it went. It got off me. 
And it was only when I first moved here. Uh, and I said to my, well, my sister was crying in the morning when I got up. And I told her. And she went and got me a Chinese mirror. Seemingly, they ward off spirits or something. But I've got it above my bedroom door even now. But it was still up there when my son saw this other spirit. So, you know, um, or behind the bedroom door. So whether it's working or not, I don't know. But I've never had an evil spirit. So would you say that you feel comfort that you're surrounded by spirits? Yeah. Yeah, I do. It's more like having friends around than having yeah. girls. Yeah, and I talk to them. Oh, it sounds daft. No, no, do you have names for them? Do, do, do they give no. you names or no? No, no, you just... no. I just talk. Now, when I lived in Old Colwyn, there was a, it was like a quiet part, what the kids used to call a quiet part. I think they still do, I don't know. Now, this is when I saw this full-bodied entity, right? Um, and uh, I used to take the dogs, and for years I used to take the dogs in this park. But every time I walked through these, these old rusty gate posts into the quiet part, I felt a presence. There was a feeling that something was there. So I used to talk to it, not knowing what I was talking to. But it didn't feel evil. But I was talking to it. And for years I would do that. And then, you know, and sometimes I'd sit on the bench and watch the dogs walk round. And then get up and walk out. And I'd say to her, ah, to whatever was there. Years I did that. And then one day I went in there and there was this guy. Dressed in Victorian clothes sat on that bench, quite a portly gent, very nicely spoken, never seen him before, and I've lived there for years, never seen him before. So I sat next to him, because he, he was the bench I usually sat on, so I sat next to him, and we were chatting for about half an hour, and I didn't know the history of the park. Anyway, he, he told me that there used to be a big house there. And I think he said it was a school at one time. And there were servants. Now, obviously anybody listening to this who knows old Colin will know that it was like a stable um, house outside the park. It was once a stable that's been converted into a house. And you can still see the archway. And he told me how they kept horses there. And he said, um, down Beach Road, where there's, which is a river, there's a river and a road going down. He went, there's some flats and there used to be a building there where the maids used to live for this big house. And then across the other side of the river was a building where the male servants lived. And he told me that, uh, one of the female servants got pregnant. So she hung herself in those flats, uh, in that building where the flats are now. Uh, because she was pregnant, and obviously in them days, you know, you don't do it. And, uh, and then he went on to say how 
there used to be a train station between Abergelly and O'Colwyn, O'Colwyn Bay. There used to be a train station. And when he was young, a young lad, he used to have a cart. And people coming off the train at the station would give him a penny to put their luggage on his cart. And he'd take it, pull it, so he'd have the luggage on his cart for a penny. And then, my son, when I was telling my son, the one who heard the voice saying, hello, Jamie, he, he looked up and he, there was a, a big fire, a big crash or something there at one time. So it's not there anymore. So I didn't know about it. And when he Googled it, when I was telling him, he Googled and he sent it. And that's how, it, you know. And, um, but this man, he was very, very nice. Very nice. Nicely dressed. I wish I'd have stayed there longer. I think, I think I have to go and do something, you know, but and I never saw him again. But I went to the library and I got up a picture of this big house. You know, I didn't know his name. He didn't tell me his name, this man. And um, it was as if he was a full person, a proper person. So he, he looks solid, completely Real. Yeah, yeah. He was a full-bodied entity. He was talking. He looked real. He had Victorian clothes on. And, uh, yeah, it was, you know, it was, as I say, I've never seen him before. That's fascinating. Well, it is. Did you, a lot of people that do see um, spirits always at first think they're real people. Um, they're normally solid, the hair will move in the wind, the sun will reflect off the faces, you know, the glasses, that kind of stuff. And then normally they'll just disappear or, or, or fade away. You you walked away from this ghost. Very sorry, I was distracted. It's okay. Just, I'm just asking, did, did, you, did you walk away from this ghost or did the ghost... Yes, I did. Yeah. I left him sat there and I walked out the park. Again, no fear. You just felt a very calm, very pleasant experience. Yeah. I'd lived in the village for, for a few years. I'd never seen him about. Never. And I'd never seen him in the park. Sat on the bench that I used to sit on. Now you, you've been told you've been told Pam by a few, a few different people about your ability, um, and it, it may be a gift or something that's kind of come through lineage within the family. You mentioned your mom, your son, and it kind of could have come through that way. Um, various people have mentioned to you about working on that. Is the reason? I presume it's not from what you're saying. It's not a, a reason of fear. You're not scared to see spirits. Has it just been things that have never worked out that you could? take the time to do that or are you not fascinated to the point that you want to well, I've never met anybody that would do it okay. as, as I say I met, I met that woman but unfortunately she died so if someone's so, listening to this that would, that would like to contact you and help you with that they, we, they could contact the show we could pass that information on to you yeah as long as I don't have to travel too far yeah 
And, and also, I know there's plenty of things out there now from the, from the various people that, that I've, I've met that evolved in mediumship. And like you said earlier on, you know, it's, it's, it's good to bear in mind that there is as many, if not more, fake mediums out there that, that use like cold reading and that to, to speak to people. But the ones that are, that are genuine, um, there's, there's no reason why one of them can't kind of come forward and, and offer to give you some kind of advice. But the, a lot of people, I'll tell you, it's, it's all to do with meditation. It's about um, that kind of oneness and, and learning your breathing and these various techniques for that. So there's things out there on the internet, I know, but if there's somebody that's, that lives local maybe and listening to the show that would like to contact you, do contact us and we'll, we'll try to get you in touch with Pam. But I think it'd be interesting, Pam. It sounds like as though you've you've already quite open even though you're still blocked from from all these spirits, they still come through to you. They still speak to you. Well, they still they still come. They still come. And as I say, I still see them now. I've seen animals. I've seen spirits of animals. It, you know as well. And um, around about a premonition, right? I um, my mum had a dog, and I dreamt about this dog. I got married now, I'd moved to Wales. And I rang my mum up and I said, uh, my mum, I said, uh, it's still all right. So she says, why? I said, well, I dreamt that he was a puppy last night. I dreamt he was a puppy and I was playing with him. She said, uh, he died last night. She said, you've just made all the hairs on the back of my neck stand up. Wow. And um, as I, not long after I'd spoken to this, you know, this guy in the park, I was driving from the beach up to where I lived. And there used to be some toilets. And uh, as I'm driving up, there was this figure on the side of the road by the by the rope on the curb. Of, and you could see the head was covered in a black veil. You could see a face and a hand beckoning me to go towards it. It was beckoning me. And it was 11 o'clock at night. It was in the winter. It was dark. The street lights were on, but it was beckoning me. All the hair on my neck stood up. Oh, shit. I drove straight past it because there was nobody else there. I wasn't going to get out, you know. Neither would I. I drove, got in the house, ran in the house, said, somebody's on the road, somebody's on the road. My husband got in the car, drove down there. There's nothing there, he said. There's nothing there. It was beckoning me to go to it. Its hand was it's beckoning me. And uh, so I got back in the car and drove back there. Gone. Nothing there. Now, this was after this. I'd seen this guy in the park. What do, you think it, what do you think it was, then? I don't know. Because you could see it had a, it had a, a dark veil. It had a dark, like, scarf over its head. But you could see the face. You could see the face and the hand. As all the body part you could see. And it was lying by the curb on the road beckoning me. Right, I called up the hill, ran in the house, I said, somebody's 
somebody's been knocked out. You know? So it's, it was somebody... Nobody there. They were lying down, were they? They were on the floor. They were lying down on the floor. As I'm driving up, they were on the opposite side of the road, beckoning me. I thought they'd been knocked out, or they'd fallen. And I, but the air stood up on me neck, and I shivered, I went cold, and I shot into the house. But he rushed out, nobody there. And then I had to go again to see. There was nobody there. Did that feel negative? Hmm? Did that experience feel negative? Do you think that it was a, you, the feeling you, you got to not to get out of the car was the right feeling because you felt scared? Yeah. Yeah. I was scared. It, it does. It does sound like a dark entity. That one does. That does sound quite negative. But it had gone. I was scared. When I'm on the own in the dark in the car at eleven o'clock at night, I'm not going to get out to see no. somebody on the road, am I? No. I mean, other people might. I'm not doing it. Scared. You know. You've you've had. God knows how many experiences with, with, with ghosts. Have they always been visual? I know you've heard them as well, but has, has anything ever moved around you? Have you ever seen any objects move anywhere? I'm not... No, you, you're talking about like your poltergeist. Yeah. No. The ward in the hospital where I work, one of the wards is very active with poltergeists. One of the wards where I worked was very cold. Now, in those days, it was an old hospital, and they don't, they're not in sections like they are now, you know, in bays with, like, four beds in a bay. It was one long hospital ward. Yeah. The spruce and the day room were at the very end of the ward, and the nurses' officers were at the beginning. Now, it was, I was doing nights, and there was me and an auxiliary. They call them health support workers now, but there was an auxiliary with me. And it was freezing. I'd gone out to all the windows. All the radiators were on. But that ward was cold. Anyway, on the other side of the ward, so across, you go out the ward, across the corridor, there was another ward opposite. So there's a male and female ward. I was on the female side. And I went over, just before my break, I went over to the other ward where where a white witch worked. She was a, an auxiliary there. And I went over to school, these crosses and, and pentacles and things on her, and I said to her, there's something over there. There's something over there that's not right. I said, you can't get warm over there. That ward is cold. We were sat next to the radio with blankets around us. It was freezing. And I, it was scary going up to the sluice at the other end of the wall, where the day room and that was. So she says, well, when you go on your break, I'll have a look. I'll go over and have a look round. Uh, when I came back from my break, I went to see her. She says, I've been round, she said. There's nothing there now. So I went on there, and there wasn't 
it was warm. She'd cleansed the she cleansed the area and removed it. Something. Yeah. yeah. It it was now it was now warm. Couldn't believe it how warm how with the change in in the atmosphere and the warmth. But it was freezing this year. Again, you know. it's, it's very common for, if, if, if there's especially powerful spirits, they can mess with the temperatures and, and coldness. Even though sometimes people experience heat, coldness is normally the thing that's associated with, with spirits, especially negative spirits again. So you were in a ward where people, I presume, were else, some people were dying. Um, there's bound to be a negativity somewhere there. But I, I am fascinated with hospitals. That's the one thing I'd like to do is speak to more people that have worked in hospitals and in the care well, industry. I, you I started working in the hospital at 15 and I qualified when I was 21. You know, I'd, I'd, laid, I lay, I'd, I'd only been there one day and I was laying out my first body. So at 15, I was helping a nurse lay out a body. I saw the post-mortem in my training. And it, and, you know, and it, it sounds bad, but I went like a curry after seeing the post-mortem. It, 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 but there was... There's so many different sites that you've seen in a hospital. It there really is, you know. And um, and it's a part of life, isn't it? It's like you know, kind of. Well, it, ex- it is, and it is, and I mean, it, 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 it. Not everybody can do it. Not everybody you can. Oh, I agree. I always, yeah. I always knew from a from an early age that that was what I wanted to do. I always wanted to be a nurse. Well, yeah. I, I take my hat off to you because to be a nurse is, it, it's it's a, a fantastic job. It's fantastic yeah, service well, that I'm, you provide. Um, but yeah, like but I say, I'm retired now. I'm retired now. I'm, I don't work now. But you've you've I'm done retired. your time. You know, you've 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 given a lot to a lot of people. So for that, I, I thank you for that. And not everybody can do it. Really, I couldn't do no. it. I'll be honest with you. I just couldn't do it. No. Well, you know, there's these things I can't, couldn't do that other people do. I, I couldn't, I couldn't be a chiropodist. I hate people, <laughs> you know. <laughs> so the, you know, when I asked the dentist once, I said, "Why do you, why did, why did you do Well, somebody got halitosis, you know. Yeah. yeah. I couldn't do it. So, you know, it's just what it's a good job that people can do different things, isn't it? I agree. I agree. Yeah. You know. So. um and I mean, you know, I've told a lot of people about my life, different things that have happened in my life. And they all said, you want to write a book? You want to write a book? Get a book out. And do you know what I did? At my age, I wrote a book. Okay. So, um, I didn't, but I didn't put anything about my spirits or ghosts or anything. I've not put that in. I wanted to write another book about that, but because this first one, it's the first one I've ever done, was so stressful, so I don't know if I could do another one, you know. But um, but you did it, and that's again something that a lot of people would like to do, and they never get round to doing it. So yeah, again, well done. Now also, I actually died when I was nineteen. Okay. Do you mind talking uh, about about that? How what 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 killed you? Well, I had an operation. No, I was doing my training. I had an operation, 
I was the second patient down in the morning, so you thought everything would be all right, wouldn't you? Well, the first patient, she died. She and uh, anyway, he, he operated on me, and uh, I wouldn't mind. I gave her a five-leaf clover. They're supposed to be really lucky. She was an old, an old, an elderly lady. Yeah. I gave her this five-leaf clover. Um, anyway, I went down, had this operation, and what they did, what the surgeon did, and didn't notice, he nicked the artery. And didn't know. So I, they put me back on the ward after the operation. And as you're coming round from the anaesthetic, um, I was going cold from the feet up. It was, I was actually bleeding to death. Internally? Blood going in, yes, blood was going into my abdomen. And I was going cold from the feet up. Now, in them days, they didn't have machines to do drips, you know, IVs. Yeah. I had I had an IV in both arms with a pump attached to the drip stand, and they were pumping blood into me, you know, with a hand turning the hand. And I just, it was a death raffle kind of thing. And I started shouting, I don't want to die. And there was these doctors were milling round. They decided to trundle me down on the bed to the operating theatre because they couldn't wait for a trolley and, uh, you know, a porter. And uh, they got me outside the operating theatre, in the operating, by the operating theatre, and they tried to put an IV in my in my neck. And, you know, all the veins now had collapsed. Yeah. Literally everything was in my stomach. And uh, the next thing is, kind of, sort of being sterile, they lifted me off the bed and carried me into the operating theatre. My head fell back as I saw the operating table. And then I'm gone. It went black. I actually, well, I woke up in intensive care with my mother and my dad crying. And... Um, she said that I kept calling my nana. And she said, you kept calling nana. I can't reach her. I want to give nana a kiss. I can't reach her. Can you, anyway, rem can you remember seeing anything yourself during this period? I know people say about... Well, I know people say about the lives flashing before them, seeing a white light. The tunnel. But, but, yeah, but what, with me, it was as if I was concentrating on trying to stay alive. Cause I didn't want to die. And all the time I kept thinking of my mother. I don't want to leave my mother. I don't want to leave my mother. So, no, there was none of that white light tunnel life flashing in yeah. front of me. There was none of that. But I, what I did say, I, that I wanted to catch my nana, I can't, can't catch her. I want to give her a kiss, I can't catch her. Do you, think so, that she, do you think that she came to meet you then? She could have done. Sounds like it. 
she could have done. And then, uh, so I was in an intensive care, and then eventually went on the ward. Um, I had 14 pints of blood plus um, plasma and other IV fluids. And uh, it put me back three months in my training. And then I got an abscess in the womb. So it was all... But you su- you survived death. You've you've been there. Yeah, and I also survived septicemia. Wow! But I lost my leg through that. Okay. Okay. Was that at a similar so, time or? No, this was nineteen years ago. I lost my leg to septicemia after a knee replacement. Again, though, it's you know, as you know, septicemia is extremely dangerous. People die from it all the time. So, well, they do. They do, yeah. you know, and luckily I was in hospital. So when it had happened, so, I, you know, I got the treatment as, as quick as they could. But unfortunately, I had to lose my leg. Yeah. But then I questioned in myself, why? Why me? Why am I still here? So, you know. I don't know. But this is why I kept... This is why I wanted to be regressed. What was was being regressed like? I mean, I've never had it done myself. I've heard about it. Is it like hypnosis where they they talk you calmly through things and the next thing you know, are you in a dream state? Do you know what you're saying? Do you see these things? Or do you go out like a dream? Yeah, no, 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 you see them. But you are also aware of what's going on around you. But, you know, and they're, they're talking to you. Um, but the thing is, they're, they're talking to you and then you start describing things. The first regress, and I, was, I lived in Nottingham on a farm, a dairy farm. And um, I went to the market and it was, it was like horse and cart to sell the cheese that I was making on the farm. I had a son. I had a son. But the farmer was not nice. I was always drinking. Um, and I remember going on on this, in this market and being picked up by this horse and cart and going back. And then the next thing is... I'm lying on my deathbed and I'm on my own and this this woman and she's come and she's feeding me some soup or something and that's where I died on my own in this farm in Nottingham. So when you were regressing you knew that you died what was different from that than when the, the, the time where you said you had a tear that came out of your eye how did you, you know that you died in one? instance and not in the other because the second regression I'd asked him about these people looking down at me as if I'm in this well so that was the second regression where I died on where I died in this farm in Nottingham was my first regression 
because I wanted to know why, if I'd had such a shit life now, what I'd done wrong in the previous life to be punished in this one. You see? Do you think we have to? Do you think we have to have done something bad for something bad to carry on in the next life? Do you think that's how it works? I don't think so. You know, I don't think so. You're just looking I mean, for I answers. Do, I do. I do believe in reincarnation. I do. But um, you know. I mean, you hear of, of children who would talk about one. One recently had been in the in in the nine eleven the tower. Yeah, these... and he seemingly was the one who jumped out the window. Yeah, there's, um, there's been a few recently have come out, yeah. and, and, and even even children who've been born with scars um, to, to yeah. show that you. Know, I think there's a lad who said he was shot in the head, and uh, when the parents checked uh, his he scalp, they could see like a mark where it looked like he. In a previous life, he'd been shot, so they kind of carried yeah. that on the physical side of it. Well, there was one, there was one where he'd been murdered in a previous life, and he knew all about it. He, and he even actually took them to where the weapon was buried. Now, how would you know that? Well, you wouldn't. And they researched it. Do you know what I mean? Do you, do you think there's a lot more to life than, than we talk about? That you know, the 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 media talks about. We we just get to you know, they turn the news on. You see the terrible things that are going on in the world. You see a couple of good things that are going on. Do you think we're sheltered? Why don't we talk more about the spiritual side of life? To you know, why are we not taught as kids that the that spirits are real and that you've got more abilities than you know you've got? Why, why do you think we aren't told that? Well, the thing is, everybody's got their own beliefs, haven't they? So if you say something to one person, that person can disagree with you. It's what you believe. It's what each individual believes. You know, we, the, the, it, everybody has their own beliefs. They all have their own ideas of spirits and spirituality and religion. So it probably isn't spoken about readily because... There are so many different pe- pe- uh, beliefs, and um, one, one, you know, one person says, well, "I don't believe that. Our religion does this or says that." Yeah. So I think, I think that's why people don't readily talk about spirits. When was last um, time that you? When was last time you saw a spirit, Pam? Uh, this week. Was this one one that you saw out the corner of your eye? It was the watching me vacuum. The one standing in the doorway? Yeah. Yeah, quite often it stood there. Do you think that's just a random so, spirit or somebody that knows you? I don't know. don't know who it is. But I'm not frightened. You know, I'm not frightened. I think I think your story is amazing because there's so much that goes on out in, in the the paranormal world. Number one, um, sometimes people who've got amazing stories are looking to gain something from it, and I presume you're not a medium. You're not looking for people to contact you to do mediumship work for. Um... Well, no, because I couldn't do it because I'm not open to them properly, am I? Yeah. So I couldn't do it. It's like I um, I was in hospital about. Two years ago, and I was talking to this nurse on nights, 
and uh, she'd been trying for for a family. I've got a family. And I said to her, you will have a family. You will have a baby. I can feel it. You will have a baby. She had that baby at six months old. She'd been trying for 11 years. Wow. I just knew that she, she would have one. Do you, ever yeah. meet, do you ever meet people and have really bad feelings about them and you don't know why? I get gut feelings, yeah. I do get gut feelings. But isn't gut feelings just you... you... Well, it's everybody gets a gut feeling, don't they? Yeah, but, not every, but so, sometimes people judge a bit by its cover and it's what they see that they go with, with the gut feeling, whereas, you know, you, you're saying that you can meet somebody, I presume you can meet somebody that's meant to be, I don't know, a standing you know, kind of person of the, of the local area, they're a decent person, everyone likes them, you meet them, but you have this gut feeling. Sometimes you, your gut goes against the narrative, in other words. Well, the thing is, I talk to anybody. I don't mind. I like talking to people. You know? I'll, I'll talk to any stranger. I like people watching. I, it's, you know, it, it's, um, you know, it's strange. I mean, I, I, I'm not religious, and yet I can go in in a church and feel at peace. You know? Um, but I can talk to anybody. And, but it, there are times the way people talk back to me is when I judge what they what they are. Right. Yeah. You see, and I mean, I think that's a lot of us, isn't it? Yeah, it says. It says, but but again, I've I've met people in the past that have seemed really nice people, and I've just said I don't know what it is about that person, but I don't like him. There's something about him I don't like, and then later yeah, on we well, found out there's something about them that we were like, shit, that's that's bad. We should well, we yes, should have seen I've, that. I, I I have had that feeling. I have had that not very often, but I have had that feeling. I hope you. I hope you can find what you need to find. You know, to 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 be able to speak to these spirits. Uh, perhaps sometimes people say, if you see them out the corner of your eye, to stay looking forward and just say, it's okay. You can come into the room. You can talk to me, and that can sometimes bring them to walk into the front, into away from your peripheral vision to the front, and you can have a conversation. You also mentioned Pam um, about this. You've written a book, um, but that you're thinking of doing another one, maybe on your experiences in the paranormal. Do you think that's something you will get round to doing? Well, I started it, but because, as I say, it was so much hassle doing this other one, I said, I don't think I could do it. You know, I don't think I could do it now. Um... It'd be a shame. I think there'd be a lot of people who'd like to, who might also, you know, who who might associate with that and think, that's happened to me. I have these things because... The reason that I love the show so much and the reason that I'm the same as you, I'm a, a people person, I like watching people, love watching people from a distance because um, I think we're strange creatures, humans, we're really weird what we do. Um, but also, it's like it's like a giant therapy session because the amount of people that I contact the show afterwards and say, I've had that, that's exactly what I had. But the the, the thought they were getting mad or people would laugh at them or people would ostracise them, um, it's, it's well, good. Well, that's it, that's it. If you say to people... If you say, I see spirits, I see people, I hear voices, yeah. I hear people, yeah. then I think, well, she's a loony tune. Yeah, crazy. You know what I mean? You're crazy, yeah. Um, and um, 
so then you don't say anything. You don't want to talk to people about how it how it is because they that's exactly what you get. Mm-hmm. She's a bit done in the head, so you don't you hold back. You don't want people to think you're crazy. You but, know. But what I think is great here, and you validated that, is you've got nothing to gain from telling your story other than just saying, look, I'm, I'm being unapologetic, this is what's happened in my life and still continues now. And I think that's, A, a brave thing, and B, it's a brilliant thing because it allows other people to feel it's not just me. I've had them experiences as well. It's okay. So yeah. I, I think it's I think it's brilliant what you're doing. And and obviously I, I thank you for to, to reaching out and... And, and allowing us to talk to you. So uh, what's next for Pam anyway? Are, are we planning on anything next? Or are we just going to carry on the, the world living with, with the ghosts? Well, yeah. I mean, you know, I don't... Um, I, I, I mean, at my age, what can I do, you know? It's, uh, plenty. There's plenty you can do. Oh, I don't know. Not at 68, there isn't. <laughs> you know... Well, you, you sound like go. a very young. You sound like a very young sixty-eight. So, well, I certainly don't act my age. I'm telling you now. I may look it, but I don't act it. Well, I, I'm but, the same. Keep young. That's what you got to do. Keep keep your mind young all at all times. Um, I think yeah. it's been really fascinating speaking with you, Pam, and I've I've really really enjoyed the the conversation that we've had. Um, so I, I'd like to thank you. To, for coming on to the show um, please keep in touch with us we will keep in touch with you as well and uh, let you know how things go on and if there's anybody that wants to come along and kind of help you connect with spirits on a different level maybe there's a pardon the pun or a ghostwriter out there that, that might say I'd like to tell your story Pam and they, they could write the book for you um, either way whatever you're doing I wish you all the best Pam uh, and want to thank you for joining us on the Ghost Hunting Society well it's been a pleasure to tell my story you know and so, you know, it's, uh, I've enjoyed it. You know, and if you need to contact me again, you know where I am. I will do that. Thank you so much again then, Pam. Um, and we will see you guys uh, next week. <laughs> <laughs>